Hi, this is One More Dig, Metal Detecting Stories, and I'm Dave Sponenberg. Well, here we are again, episode 11. I haven't recorded an episode since the beginning of April. Um, busy time of year with kids, track meets, those types of things, school vacations. Um, and I'm recording this on Sanibel Island in beautiful, sunny southwest Florida. And today's episode will have a couple of different topics. The first, I'd like to talk about um, Sanibel Island and Fort Myers Beach and a couple of short hunts I went on with my father-in-law. And after that, I'm going to touch on some tips on how to how to find time to metal detect and your busy schedule, um, some tips and tricks and sort of tongue-in-cheek ideas. Uh, but first, let's get to a um, couple of hunts I did down here. I flew down about a week ago, and we stayed in Cape Coral for a few days and then came down to Sanibel uh, early this week, Monday, I believe. And my father-in-law lives down here in Cape Coral. And he has a Simplex and a his backup machine is a GoFind 60. Um, as anyone who's listened to this podcast before knows, I have a, a Deus, an Equinox 800, and a Simplex. And I chose not to send any of my machines down or to pack them. I was um, just came down and, and used the go find and he used his simplex which is an infinitely infinitely better machine but we had a lot of fun we went out early in the morning to fort myers a couple of days ago and found a bunch of change and bottle caps and all kinds of tent spikes and things that you'd expect to find uh, no gold unfortunately no jewelry um and then this morning we went out and he used the simplex and I used the go find and I had the same the same luck um, here on Sanibel Island we're staying in a cottage and there's a beach right, private beach right here and we had the uh, I had the same experience I just found a bunch of bottle caps some zipper pulls um, I did found a junk earring a couple days ago too but anyway back back to Sanibel and I think I found I don't know 51 cents and nothing really to to speak of and so we finished up this morning and we were walking back to the cottage and he said I think I found something real and he wouldn't tell me what it was and so we we got up to the porch and we sat down at the table and he pulled out you know same sort of clad coins and, and bottle caps and junk. And then he put down two coins. And one was a two-rail cab coin. And the other one was a gold Spanish coin. It wasn't a cab. Um, and he he hasn't been doing this long, and and he didn't know whether they were real or not. And my first reaction was, wow, it, could this be? 
And so I, I looked closer, and the and the two real um, cab was looked exactly like a silver cab coin sitting in the ocean for four hundred years would have looked. And I was looking at it, and I was like, "Wow, this! I'm gonna have to like look this up." And um, and then at the bottom, in small letters, it said "copy." And so we're in a we're in an area with a lot of tourists, and so the the gift shops all have these, you know, these coins in, and they the kids get them and bring them out and lose them, and um, I'm sure there's people also who just throw them out there to antagonize metal detectorists, but but anyway, and then the gold coin, he said he it was ten inches deep, and he got to the bottom and it was just laying there in the bottom, and his heart dropped and uh, the same would have happened to me if I had been in that situation but again that was uh, that was also a, a fake coin and someone told me that the reason that the silver one was stamped copy is because it was made in the United States and that the gold one would have been made in China because they don't stamp them um, I don't know if that's true, but that's what uh, that's what someone told me, who I think would probably probably know that. Um, so that was fun. I, I only went out twice for about an hour each. It's a family vacation, so I didn't want to go and put in a eight hour day out on the beach while they were um, while they were here, and I could spend time with them that I don't get to spend when we're when we're back home running around. So that's my vacation hunting story from Sanibel, Fort Myers, and I'm actually sitting in the front room of the cabin looking at the ocean and the palm trees talking to you right now. Uh, we aren't leaving till tomorrow. So the next thing I'd like to chat about is um, finding time to metal detect and there's just some anecdotes and tips that uh, that I'm gonna throw out there and obviously that they don't apply to everyone and some of them are probably a little bit of nonsense but um, I like to talk about metal detecting so I'm gonna talk um, first of all finding time I'm I'm really lucky I'm um, a CFO consultant by trade and so I work home at home a lot and I have a very flexible schedule owning my own business um, I'm able to sneak out during the day to detect a lot of the places a lot of my permissions are within just a few miles um, two good two of the best ones are within five miles and so I I'm I'm pretty lucky that way so I guess I'm not making recommendations per se but I guess become a consultant and flex your time maybe um, but any but that's what works for me and it was uh, for many reasons it was one of the most uh, one of the smartest decisions I ever made um, another one is work to try and line up more than one permission and try and line them up 
in different locations, um, but close proximity to where you live or where you work, and in case you have the ability to, um, you know, stop after work, get out of work early and have time to stop somewhere um, halfway home and, and detect and uh, come up with you know, ideas of different locations around home. Um, you know, you never know what was in the woods out behind your house, if it was farmland or, or you know, something, cabin or um, old cellar wall down the street, ask someone if they got a hundred year old house, but try and find, um, in addition to other locations, um, try and find a couple that are that are very close to home or work and minor my home and my work are the same thing so that's why my spots are all all pretty close um, so yeah you never know I know it's I mean leaving a metal detector in the car during the day in the summer is a pretty bad idea but and in the fall and spring when it's cooler um, you can get away with that and more than once I've gotten uh, gotten out in the past and uh, on the way home from work or, or whatever stopped and detected for a little while at a even if it's a park that you find that's you know five miles from your house but but close to work and I just always have have tried to do that. Um, I know we all want more than one permission anyway, but I sort of have tried to strategically place them over the years. Now that I'm a, I've been consulting for seven years now, so it's not as um, relevant to me. But I just thought I'd share kind of an idea um, on how you might be able to sneak in a little time here and there during the commute. Um, Another thing that I would recommend, and I learned this, I'm not probably not the best at it, but I learned this from someone, um, from Earl, who's on, on the metal detecting team. Um, if you don't have a lot of time, if you have an hour, turn down the discrimination and dig like mad. And just, you know, where you'd normally dig 10 holes in an hour, dig 20 and so there might be some junk you dig up but but you know there's times when uh, targets that you think are junk turn out to be pretty good stuff um, more I mean very often you can't trust a, a target ID on a metal detector 100% um, some people do but you can find you know, gold is the biggest example. Like on uh, on the Nocta Macro Simplex, I found a gold ring at 19, but you can also find a pull tab at 19 or 20 or in that similar range. So, um, yeah, if you don't have a lot of time, turn down the discrimination and just dig as many holes as you can. Uh, another idea, and this is where my father-in-law comes in and this isn't really why I hunt with my father-in-law but it's turned out to work in my favor um, he just started 
detecting a couple months ago, two or three months ago, and he has a simplex, like I said before. And uh, we've become really good friends over that time. And uh, But it's worked out for me in a way that I didn't expect. Um, it seems that if you recruit a family member to detect with you, whether they detect with you or whether it's a kid to go out and help you dig or or whatever, you won't feel so guilty if they're uh, for not being home if they're with you. And there would be, there's less pressure to make sure you run right home. Um, of course, a lot of the times the pressure I put on myself because because um, that's just the way I am. But it takes some of that pressure off that if you're 10 or 20 minutes late and you say, well, you know, I was with, I was with my father-in-law and things ran over and, and, uh, and then it's, then it's better and, uh, understandable and family always wins out. And if you incorporate family into your hobby, I feel like you'll be able to do it more often and for longer. And so that's the, uh, that's the byproduct that I didn't expect. My daughter's never had any interest in metal detecting. Um, my stepson never had any interest. My wife never, although she now understands my love for it, never had any interest. As I've talked about in many podcasts in the past, I grew up metal detecting with family and I remember times getting home really late the whole one more dig mantra and um, you know when you're with your father or your brother or or a relative um, it's a little bit easier I don't want to say to get away with but it's not as annoying I guess to to others that may be waiting for you um so yeah, that's some some ideas. Um, I don't know how helpful they'll be to anyone, but those are some some things that actually actually at least come to my mind when I'm trying to come up with ideas to uh, to get more time in the field. And oh, I did want to bring up one more thing, and this is late in the podcast, but about the initial part of the podcast where I talk about Sanibel and Fort Myers. And so the name of the podcast is One More Dig. And so when I go out, um, I always say when it's time to leave, okay, one more dig. And I, for some reason, have never incorporated that bit of information into the podcast. So when I was at Fort Myers Beach two days ago um, I said one more dig and I found a piece of tinfoil because tinfoil um, on some machines reads the same as gold and you have to you have to dig it and then yesterday my one more dig was a corroded zinc penny I meant to bring that up in, in the very beginning um, of the show but I forgot but Going forward, I will, at the beginning, always let you all know what my one last dig was on, on all of my outings going forward. Um, 
it's a lot of fun and sometimes I have four or five one more digs because when I find something I'm not happy with I do one more dig but I only count the one that I say one more dig um, and it's usually uh, the last dig I usually wait till I get near the car so I'm not tempted to to keep moving around um, but yeah so one more thing I think I talked to you all about my new Equinox 800 that I purchased a couple weeks ago and I have not had a whole lot of chance to use it so I'll wait to the next podcast to talk about that um, once I get home tomorrow I plan on doing a, a bunch of land detecting for the next three or four days and I'm going to use the Equinox for a for a large portion of that and then I can I'll report back on that uh, I won't wait well it was almost three weeks between these last two podcasts um, things are going to be slowing down so I'll I'll make them more frequent at least for me I like talking and uh, throwing my ideas out there so I think that uh, I think I'm done it's been a whole lot of fun for me sitting on the ocean here uh, talking about metal detecting and I hope you all head out there and try to figure out some permissions for your ride home so just in case you get out of work early or leave for work early maybe you have a half hour to dig a few holes and dig a lot of them dig as many as you can all right this has been one more dig metal detecting stories and i'm dave spannenberg